So, you found a cure. Your desperate flailing only forestalls my ascendancy. It is but a matter of time before it is in my hands again, and the foundations of this island will quake at my name. Hey everybody, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM Trevor, and today is a wonderful day to play some Pathfinder. Isn't it, guys? Let's hope so. Yeah, that's every day. I think every day is a wonderful day. Well, like I, I gotta say, I'm pretty happy. It's only 16 minutes past our scheduled start time. So, right? Yeah. Wow. Shut up, Micah. This is the first. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, he's right. It's early. Yeah, this, this is true. This, this is, is the earliest I think we've ever started. Ray has managed to not have a car breakdown. Jake wasn't <laughs> getting pulled over by the cops. Um... <laughs> Happens very often. I was going to say, Todd, Jake, why are they targeting us? No okay, off-site thank you. work for me. Todd wasn't hiding a body in his basement. I don't <laughs> know. I can see something poking. Yeah. yeah, he's not hiding on this one. one. It's just draped over the top. <laughs> it's yeah, very, very hanging in the back. <laughs> well, last week you probably noticed I kind of buried the lead a bit. We have a new cast member on the show, uh, Christian. Uh, if you're on the Discord, you've known him for a long time because he was literally our first non-cast member on the discord and he's got a a role called the first fan because he was uh and he has done our weekly recaps since the beginning that are you know like a leaderboard for placement of the cast members uh he did our first uh little fanfic with muckwort the lovely what was that creature again it was like a crab shell a slurk slurk a slurk it was a slurk from episode two and he, he felt that it was wronged and being murdered unceremoniously. <laughs> but uh, last week, I really wanted to give him a chance to kind of introduce himself and tell him, tell you guys why he's here and what he does. But he was having some serious technical issues, and I didn't want to just be like, all right, let's go fix your shit. But I think he's got it all hammered out. So, Christian, why don't you tell the fans a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm here because you guys don't know what you're doing. Oh, yes. Man. <laughs> correct. Damn. The very truth correct. comes out. <laughs> no, you guys actually do a good job with the rules. There are just so many intricate things with Pathfinder 2E. It's hard to know all of them. I've been playing TTRPGs since 1992. I've played pretty much every iteration of D&D except 5th edition. And just because... They change editions so fast, I literally got tired of buying 30, 40, 50 books with each new edition that came out. So I put my fantasy tabletop role-playing game hat in the Pathfinder arena, starting with first edition, then jumped over to second edition, which I thought was a fabulous combination of Pathfinder 1E and D&D 4E. It really took the best of both of those worlds and brought something really cool together. Outside of that, I've played pretty much every rendition of Star Wars, numerous versions of GURPS, Shadowrun, a tiny bit of Vampire the Masquerade, some Mutants and Masterminds. So I've played a fair amount of role-playing games over my tenure in doing this. Nice pedigree. <laughs> you've, you've been playing for longer than three of us have been alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and so just a year ago, I started doing my own thing as a content creator. 
creating my own world, monsters, ancestries, all kinds of stuff with Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and came across you guys last Labor Day in September, and just really love your guys' show, and I've been here ever since. Well, we love you too. I have a question. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I just, what is the meaning behind your name on Discord? What is it? And I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, so I'll let you do it. It's pronounced Zermathor. And the meaning behind that is that was one of my favorite third edition characters. And whenever you have to sign into any damn thing, you have to pick a name. Most of the time it says that name's uh, taken. That name's taken. Well, guess what name is never taken <laughs> yep. no matter where it's I good go. Bet. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. I did, I did the same thing uh, for my Xbox account. So I named it Balls to the Face. And that's one hundred percent real. You can look at my Xbox account. It's balls to the face three. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm surprised that's not taken. You're gonna get all kinds of friend invites now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. So, does it say like you were killed by balls to the face? Balls to the face three, which means three other people chose balls to the face. <laughs> I was the third iteration. Balls to the face. Balls to the face one and two. So the few, the proud, the balls to the face. <laughs> you should have been balls to the face electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, I'm uh, you know, it's just good that the uh, the check cleared when it did. Otherwise, you know, there's no way you'd be here at all. So, <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. I've heard Joe's crying about shoveling cash into the roller intent furnace. Yes. <laughs> so I try to do what I can. So wait, we're getting paid for this. So he didn't really <laughs> plug his own stuff, which is shameful. Uh, Christian's website is beastfoundry.com, and he's got a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash beastfoundry. Uh, in fact, we've used at least one of his monsters so far on the show. Episode 13, 13 and 14, the Morglar Nymph, was uh, a modification of an existing monster that I requested. So he's been, he's been helping for a while. And you know what? If you guys explore the right way tonight, you might run into something else from the pages of the Beast Foundry. Nope, nope, nope. So we're just not going to explore, guys. Yeah, let's do another RP episode. It seems safe. I think we should head to Absalom. That'll be a fun show. <laughs> I feel like as as delightful as you are, I I know your mission is to murder all of our characters with all of your monsters. So we're going to avoid your monsters as much as possible. His monsters are really fun. Yeah. They've got cool um, crafting and monster parts rules and stuff in there. You should really check them out. It's neat stuff. Yeah. And he's got these really kind of kick-ass, like, I don't know if they're public yet, but these like infographic style illustrations of the monsters that are like super comprehensive. Like when you look at it, you just know exactly what everything is. Well, it's just, it's the stat block and everything. Yeah. 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 No, all that stuff's on my Patreon, but I was here for you guys. That's why I wasn't plugging my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we want to plug your stuff. So, um, we use, <laughs> hear that, we use your Go stuff. Go to beastfoundry.com. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I got to see, um, the, first new inklings of the newly designed sheet today oh or was that yesterday i think it's cool i think it's great i think that was this morning that was this morning because i literally woke up this morning to one of the pieces of art that i'm probably going to have redone anyways so i put it together and sent it to just a handful of people and trevor was among them it's it's really rad i mean it's not a lot different structurally from the existing ones but it's a cool stylistic improvement it's very nice i'm a big fan Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM, Trevor, here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one, you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all... 
we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. So, we ready to play? Sure. Ready to play make-believe? Always. Circle? Sing Kumbaya? Let's do it. Share our darkest, deepest secret? I'm ready. All I have here in my notes is that poor Solus is still suffering from Bagra. <laughs> he is. Well, I'm on the yeah. mend. Yeah, he's getting better. Yeah, so last yeah. week, uh, the party was able to use uh, Dilly Danvers delivery service <laughs> to... To ferry people and information around town with his wonderful loping gait, arms straight down to the sides, going (laughs) all the way across town. Some great fan art out of that. Worst ASMR ever. Yeah, we do have a good meme coming for that by the time you hear this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to veto that. I'm just going to lock you guys out of editing the website is what's going to (laughs) happen. That's all right. Discord's always open. I could. I was really charitable with that. I could have made it something so much worse. <laughs> you could have. Yosef <laughs> uh, uh, showed his new fabulous secret power of running on all fours with a scroll in his mouth all the way back to the Dawnflower Library, where Tovin used a hero point to successfully cast Remove Curse from Scroll to eliminate the curse component of Bogrot. Now they just got to heal the disease component. And I have no doubt that Solus will be on the men, especially after he's received eight hours of loving, intensive, deeply intimate physical care from Tovin. The deepest. <laughs> We're going to let your mind wander on that one, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. I have, I've written a soliloquy. <laughs> Gird your loins. Here we go. <laughs> Tovin puts the con in convalescing. Special edition feat. Uh, risque surgery. Rapping, tapping on my chamber door. Afterwards, um, all of the party that wasn't Tovin and Solus, I just don't want to say all their names, went searching for Corvus Califax, who had recently shown up in Otari. Strangely, before it was possible for him to receive the missive from the Otari boys, Morlabit was just as surprised as you guys were when he reported that he saw him this morning in his shop, staying at the Crow's Casks. Magaloy had no idea where he was. You went searching and eventually found him in Yin Yismara's office in the Crook's Nook. I say you, I really mean Yosef, who got some wonderful intel from Phil at the bar about a big red shape that was floating around the bar. So, the vampiric mist had come to get a drink. That's right, I want a little O positive. You confronted Yin with three successful uh, tumbler picks on the lock, went in there, and she's like, what you doing here? He's like, what's he doing here? Well, what are you doing here? My name's Corvus, what up? And that's where we left off last week. Yosef. Oh, except for that important detail where you said he hired Yin Zizmaran. So yeah, there's, there's yeah, that he did. too. He did. I completely forgot that that was the cliffhanger that I did literally two days ago. Oh, my God. So he said that he hired Yin to find Whispering Reeds. And that's where we ended last week. Yosef, what do you do? 
Excuse me, what the fuck do you mean you hired the inn? Ah, uh, my intentions are entirely pure. You know what, no, b- b- before you do this, I need to... Uh, Yosef is going to walk out of the room and call the other two compatriots that are here with you, which I think I, I actually also am having trouble remembering who's with me because my... I'm there with you. Kashak and Billiam. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, my brain is on fire. So I'm going to walk out of the room and be like, you wait right here and don't lock that door. I'll pick it again. And then I'll uh, look for Kashak and Billiam and be like, big one, small one, come here. Phil stands up and he starts walking towards the That's back. you, Phil. <laughs> oh, Just, not me. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. I, Billiam and Keshek. And four men stand up. I'm oh, Billiam. <laughs> <laughs> the reptile and the hobgoblin. Everybody sit down. I yell across the room. He means us. And I look at pick. I pick up Keshek from the back of his from the back of his neck like a rabbit. I, I don't know if I'm allowed. It says employees only. This is a special exception. Kashak's arms and legs are like, wheelie, 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 wheelie. I'm picking him up, <laughs> carrying him towards the door. And I'm looking at Yosef and I sort of like tap my like great axe. Like, hmm, do I need to take this out? No, no, no. Then, uh, then yeah, I just bring Kashak. I put him down so he can walk and we walk towards the door. We walk past the humpback uh, uh, cook in the back. <laughs> That's all he says. I don't know what his name is or if he speaks any languages, but that's the only noise he makes. <laughs> Just ignore him. We should... What? What is your name? Do you see a few mind flayers doing dishes in the corner? Oh, I oh knew my it. God. I was waiting for that. <laughs> that's not going to be canon in Otari. That can't. Oh, man. It's so good, though. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's too world-breaking. That's, that's a Sandpoint exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> that's for Rise. That's several several years ago by this point. Anyway, we're going to uh, walk past uh, Hobbles there and uh, go into the room. I'm going to usher them in and then shut the door behind me and then relock all three locks. As an aside and a reminder, this room is incredibly small. It's pretty much a broom closet and a half. Very small. Just big enough. It's a good thing two of us are small creatures. That's right. You can stack on top of each other. You could be Vincent Adult Man. I, I went in. to the stock market today. I did a business. <laughs> is, uh, Corvus, how how large is Corvus? Corvus was, did I say 6'6"? Six, six? He's he's large. No, I don't know if you said 6'6". Six, 6'2". Six. Six Might have been 6'2". Six, 6'20", so fucking killing for fun. I tower over him. I walk in and I sort of look yeah, you're down bigger at him. Than him. Yeah, but he's I, large. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sort of walk in and I'm like, <clears throat> like muscle my way in and sort of look at him like, I, I guess I sort of block the door. After, after Yosef yeah. shuts it, I think I put my back up against the door. I have my my smaller compatriot and my larger compatriot, and I'm going to step in front of them with the four feet in between uh, me and Yin and uh, Corpus here and be like, excuse me, allow me to introduce my new friends I've made this week, Yin. And he gestures down to the brilliant gold uh, reptile friend that he has. And this, this is Kashak the goat. He is a kobold from the Warrens and is helping me in my endeavors in the gauntlet. And then I'm going to crane my neck upwards at Billiam and be like, Billiam needs no introduction. Billiam smash things with anything. And then I, I'm going to look at the both of them and be like, so, to reiterate, why don't you go ahead and tell them what you just told me? You said that you hired Yinzius Marin? Yes, I hired Yin to acquire the book for me. Which book is this? I'm going to look at Yin. It's Whispering Reads. It was the book that uh, that Kyle and Heilbrook 
and the other two went and died for trying to find. And I'm going to look at you and it's like, and if I recall, I feel like I told you about this book and you said you didn't know anything. You lied to me. Frankly, Yosef, I believe it was below your pay grade. Oh, really? Okay, I'm just the one in the gauntlet every day, but go on. I understand that, but I wanted to keep you untangled from that. I didn't know what it would do to you. I appreciate the concern, but if you know anything about me, the book, if it is what you say it is, is the antithesis of everything I believe. And I myself am touched by Furasma. I think. At least that's what they think this is for. And then he whips out the chain from his arm. And from his arm. From the arm. He's like, this didn't do this a couple days ago, but it does now. I was visited by some horrifying apparition and other things that I see every now and again that peek up in the corner of my vision that I don't quite understand. So I feel like you could let me in a little bit. As you're explaining all this, you see, she characteristically always wears long sleeves. It's something that is is fairly well known about her in town. I haven't really brought it up because I haven't really been germane to the conversation, but every time she's seen, she's wearing long sleeves. And as you're explaining this, she begins rolling up her arm, her sleeve, up to about uh, mid-upper arm. Mm-hmm. And she says, you believe you're the only one who serves the Lady of Graves? And she's got a spiral tattoo on her bicep. Well, I guess we're learning about a lot each other today, huh? Or a lot about each other. I can't talk. Can we learning cut that? each other about a lot. I would like a moot ball feet long, please. <laughs> <laughs> Much learned today about. <laughs> I, I can't make Russia jokes. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, they learn you. Uh... uh I, I, I'm sorry, you always are covered up in long sleeves and didn't really come up in conversation. Although I guess I don't really talk about it that much myself either until recently. Oh, it's understood. I wasn't aware of your proclivities either. But uh, Corvus knows he could trust me. I want to see this book destroyed as much as he does. And as much as I imagine you do. I, I, I didn't know what it was for until you finally told me. And uh, he steps forward and Yeah, so my intentions have always been pure, so to speak, with this book. Uh, I've been searching for them for most of my life. I've destroyed many, but I seek them out with a singular focus whenever I hear of one. I have some questions, Corvus. One on my mind that's very important that you may know. Who wrote this book? His name's been lost to time. I felt like you were going to say that. It's not important. What's important is what he did. He didn't truly write it, you see. It's it's more of a compilation. Think of like a collection of stories or poems. He thought that he could collect this knowledge in order to, to help people defend from the empty death, but he was sadly mistaken. Kind of like the axe of Iomede? I guess, yes, that that would be a good analog. However, this was not meant to be a religious text in any way whatsoever. Not a deification, but hopefully by collecting all of the information about Nimbaloth, they would be able to find a way to stop her, or at least slow her advance. 
Unfortunately, it did the opposite. Gave her a foothold on our plane. Well, surely, if, if somebody had adequate knowledge of you know, ways to defeat this evil, by the way, enchanted, both of you, um, <laughs> somebody could put their own personal expertise to use, like one perhaps such as yourself, and correctly interpret the teachings within this book. Use it as the tool it was meant to be, as opposed to some, uh, oh. you know, just a haphazard, uh, tomfoolery-ass, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, propaganda. That's, uh, it's like holding a coal in your bare hand. Yes, you can start a fire with it, but you'll burn yourself before you can do anything effective. If, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Nimbaloth is an outer god, correct? In the same vein as people like Yogg-Sothoth and Yarlathotep? It's really, it's really not known what. She's yes, she she resides in uh, the void between stars. She's not on the plane that we really are aware of. She's outside of the universe, outside of time. A lot like Yogg-Sothoth. It's just this book that you keep talking about reminds me of the. Uh, I think it's called the Book of Eight Corns and Ashes. It's supposed to be a quote-unquote holy text of Yogg-Sothoth, but just like what you're saying, it is gibberish and mostly words that don't make sense and just strange tangentially religious diatribes that just meander into nothing. Oh, dear. There is no gibberish in the whispering reeds. However, it compels a certain madness and prevents people from recommitting its secrets to paper. Perhaps a small blessing of the madness within. But it is definitely readable and terrifying. I'm just confused. We, Somebody in the gauntlet, I'm, I'm guessing it was Azenre, who we believe to be a drow and Belcora's understudy? Apprentice, he seemed to have some kind of high rank and importance because this auxiliary building outside of the gauntlet seems to be almost completely his, full of books and weird information about soul gems and the transference of life into other things. It's, I don't understand, you know, but he, he or somebody underneath him was trying to transcribe this book, it seems. It seems that there is reason to believe that somewhere in the gauntlet, it's there. But the notes said that it doesn't make any sense. This isn't what it says it says. This doesn't make any sense. This isn't what it says it says. It, it just sounds mad, but it's readable? Interesting that you mention soul gems. Do go on. You've piqued my interest now. We unfortunately had to send one to the great beyond trapped inside. And I'm going to be very upset if I learn that there is a way to free him. No, no, none that I'm aware of. I guess it's potentially possible, but I'm not learned in those methods, but... Yin, retrieve what I sent you with my original missive. And Yin stands up and goes to a box in the corner, takes a key from around her neck, slides it into the slot, turns the key, and, uh, click opens it's like a almost like a safe deposit top box 
and inside of it is a small satchel, an envelope, and a scroll. Not like a magical scroll, just like, you know, it's a scroll. On the scroll is the winged eye of Absalom. Oh. A winged eye? Is the insignia for Absalom always a winged eye? Or is that a particular? Okay. And she grabs a satchel and she grabs a scroll and uh, keeps the envelope that's sealed and and, and hands the the scroll and the, the satchel to Corvus. And he, Corvus takes it in his hands, like, about two years ago, I was buying a lot of old government papers, antiques, most of it probably worthless, but you'd be surprised how many are interested. Uh, let me roll back a little bit. I, I sell antique books and manuscripts I collect as well. I've made a tidy living my entire life finding things that don't want to be found and selling them to people that want them. So I bought a large lot of government papers that were being removed from the archives due to age. And while cataloging them, I found this. And it was attached to this, and he holds up the scroll, and he holds up the satchel. And he opens the satchel and pours out a small purplish-black tetrahedron onto the table. Oh, I know what that is. Isn't that one of those things? Yes, this is definitely a soul gem, huh? At first I was very puzzled as to why it was with these government documents. However, then I read the scroll... It says, and he opens it, and he pulls out some spectacles from a shirt, or a shirt pocket, puts them on, holds it up. He seems to be a little bit nearsighted. Lord Ivor Horovex, the Grand Council and Primarch of Absalom, find you guilty of crimes most foul against the crown, and it goes on and on to describe acts of fraud and debauchery and packs with evil spirits and devils and demons and it says he's to be sentenced to being locked away in a soul gem well if we know anything from first hand accounts of what that's like it's awful wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute Uh, Keshek or William do you do you still have what was left of the small doll that we put Borbo in? There was an incomplete one, but it worked. He could... He, he, we, maybe we could pop him into this. Maybe that's actually... Actually, the more I think about it, that's a really bad idea. I was carrying so many bodies, I didn't carry that one. It wouldn't be hard to get, but... I do remember Borbo actually having some kind of supernatural powers while inside one of those things, so... It leads me to believe if... The, who is in the soul might still be able to carry some of their power that they did have. What is that you speak of? A simulcrum of some sort? We... Is that what they're called? I didn't pass my check, so I wasn't sure. I think Tovin... Tovin passed. He's not here. Tovin's not here. Yeah, Yeah. that's why I haven't said shit up to this point. (laughs) It's very hard. (laughs) 
Uh, tell us how difficult it is, though. I, uh... I only know hard. <laughs> this is unorthodox, but I would really like for all of us to be here. My other two compatriots at the Dawnflower Library, and it's a, sh- it's a short walk from here, Yin. Could we... Could we all be in one place and talk about this? This is really, really important information. Very important. Let's crowd some, some more medium-sized entities into this broom closet. <laughs> no, no, we would go to the Dawnflower Library. It's just like a five-minute walk. I'm sure Corvus doesn't. Y- Yen perks, uh, looks at you and she's like, I'm not sure that Corvus, after such a travel, wishes to take another trip to one of our small establishments. Corvus like, no, I was quite hoping to get a chance to check out the Dawnflower. It actually has some things in their collection that I cannot find even in Absalom. I knew that fucking book where we couldn't resist the library. I'd be glad to come with you, Joseph. Okay. Perhaps we can find find a solution together. Okay. Okay, good. Let's all head out. We'll leave you into Runther establishment. And uh, I would like to ferry other people out. And then as they're out of the room, I want to look at Yin real quick and be like, clearly we both have not been super truthful about our past and or things going on in this town. So I think at a later date, you and I should talk again and really lay everything out bare on the table. Is that fair? Perhaps, Joseph. Let's get through this first. Okay, boss. I'll see you later. And I'll leave and shut the door. Uh, and as I do that, it looks like this room is, like, really small. Right. And Yosef, like, turns to go and shut the door, and he looks back one more time as, like, he's shutting it, you know? Just to, like, he's looking through as he pulls the door shut. And Billiam and Kashak both see Yosef, like, freeze for a second. And then shake his head and shut the door and blink a couple of times and just be like, okay. Uh, okay. Spooky. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go to the Dawnflower Library. Let's go. You're stroking out on me, bud. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, and he, he like blinks a couple of times. He's like, nothing. Let's just, let's just go to the library. As you make it out into the sun, I want the three of you to give me a perception check. He's a vampire. That is a natural 18. I thought it was an eight. <laughs> this first, it's dark in this room. Uh, for, I think I have a plus nine. I'm, I'm a bad player and not looking at my sheet right now because I'm too caught up in everything. It's a 21. Yes. Yeah. I just want to make sure it was 21. plus nine. Yeah. Or, or 27 for me. Sorry. You'd notice anybody else? I got a three for a nine. And cash out? Sorry, that was a 15 for a 21. Yosef notices when you get out into the light, there are some odd scars on either side of the top of Corvus's head. Roughly round. Um, and it's a bit of a depression, and it looks like makeup's been applied to these scars. Uh, they're round and uh, maybe about an inch across. That's two and a half centimeters for our metric friends. And you think you notice um, the back of his pants are bulging slightly down one leg. Go on. So he has, <laughs> he has scars on his head and a weird leg problem. Massive cock. 
But this one comes out the back. (laughs) He has to tuck it. Oh, no, he was using the... Talking uh, about the literal elephant trunk in the room. Yeah. No, he had the, uh, what do they call it? The balls on a string. He just didn't pull them all the way out. Benoit. Whenever life gets you down. (laughs) So, yeah, that's interesting. He's got an interesting scar on his head and something going on with the rear of his pants. Could, Could I ask a question about the scars? Sure. Do they seem to be in a pattern or... There are two. There's one on either side of his head. Symmetrical? Yeah, roughly. Could I roll something to see if I identify that shape? Is Give it a religious? Society. society! Every time I saw Into the Wild, that's how I say society now. We live in a, a society. Uh, if I point this out to Kashak, can he roll it too? Because <laughs> he might have a higher society than me because that's a charisma-based roll. Or is that too metagaming? <laughs> uh, that, that I... I think that you would want to be discreet if you notice maybe a potential deformity about somebody. You know, that's a good point. He's standing right next to us. Don't want to be like, look at this weirdo. I, I have a plus seven. Uh, I got a three for a ten. You think it looks odd, but you're not sure why. It strikes you as strange, though. I'll point it out to somebody later. I hope you keep playing it like it's horns and it's actually eyes. <laughs> I have no idea what any of this means. <laughs> Can I... Could could either of can any of us roll a separate check, like maybe medicine to figure out what's going on with his leg? Because that doesn't look like a gimp. Does he have like a, a, a tumor on his butt or something? Mm, it's all encapsulated in your society. society. Check. Okay, okay. I'm just gonna note that and then tell other people later so they can roll. Um okay. Excellent. All right. You guys are heading out and, and uh Corvus says I have to admit I'm very, very excited about seeing the Dawnflower Library. It spoken of in hushed tones, even in some of the halls of Absalom's finest collections. They say... Oh, it's beautiful. They say that the uh, Rose God contributed much of the library from their own private collections found by adventuring all across Avistan. I, uh, Imagine some of these books haven't been printed since before they died. Quite, quite extraordinary. You would have a very good time talking with Vandy. Very kind soul, very informative, and kind of uh, scary sometimes. Uh, yes, I, uh, I would like to speak with her as well. I've heard good things. And uh, as you, you walk, it's a kind of an uneventful walk to begin with. Yeah. But you hear a commotion near the river, almost to uh, where it opens up to the bay. Very, very close. So, like and downstream you see people, of the Osprey. downstream of the on, on, in the Osprey River, downstream of the Crooksnook. And there's people, you know, kind of shouting and, and pointing. It's over there! It's over there! Get it! Get it! Get it! See, somebody stop it! We have to know what that is. I'm gonna book it over and try to look and see what it is. Corvus, sorry, we don't mean to, to, to leave you if you can't move very well, but we'll be right back. This just seems... Everything's weird lately, so I want to check it out. As you make... And, and Corvus, uh, by, yes, by all means, I, uh, I'll, I'll try to keep up. I have no intention of getting lost, but it is quite a small town. I'm sure I'll be perfectly fine. And as we're running away, it's like, if you don't want to follow the Dawnflower Library, is that enormous domed building over there to the west? Bye! Or just look for a giant, bald, green dude. Wait, who's... 
He's also like six foot eight. Who's a giant bald green dude? Me. You. Bill doesn't have hair. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. No, Shrek is on vacation in Otari, yeah, Trevor. Yeah, Christ. yeah exactly. <laughs> we hear All Star playing the closer we get to the mouth of the river. Yeah, smash. Follow the sound of Smash Mouth. He's on the fog fed like, this is my swamp. <laughs> I would say giant's a loose term because Bill was True. originally described as six foot eight and 180 pounds, which means he's pretty That's much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you yeah. for also I being know. freaked out about that. I'm like, yeah. you're demonstrably thin for how tall I you know. are. I know. I, in, in the, in the character drawing that we're doing, it's, it's interesting trying to draw Bill. I believe uh, should, the correct term is an ectomorph. I think mm. you should just like RP that you've been gaining weight since eating at the rockfish every morning. I would love that. I would, that would be great. If I could gain a little bit of pounds, yeah, yeah. you'd be bulking up. <laughs> He's now 188. <laughs> that it's actually that he doesn't know how to kill. He doesn't know how to cook. He's been eating rocks because he thinks that's what food is. <laughs> so he doesn't know sex or food. Like Yvette, Yvette is not having it. Yeah, right. Well, Yvette's just too busy. Well, she's she's too busy taking care of kids and taking care of house. Billiams has gone all day. Sometimes He's all eating night. meth by the fistful. <laughs> Yeah. That German chocolate, baby. Yeah. Oh God. I want to re- re- re-roll for my uh, for my weight, if that's okay, guys. <laughs> that was a joke for Micah. <laughs> no objection. Uh, so as you get closer, Kashak, you're the first to get there. There is a nude, bloated corpse floating down river. Oh, bad shape. No, billion, billion, come, let's stop this thing. Let's let's go get Tovin. Stop he, it from what? what happened? Uh, from leaving. Let's get it. What did? What? What's wrong with it? Oh, oh, you want me to touch that thing? Yeah, it's not We've the touched- first body you've handled. I know, <laughs> but it's all gross and and, and explodey. Putrid, you're gonna minute, deglove the damn thing. Let's hurry. Yosef wants I'll to help. know if it's is it like in the middle of the river because the osprey's kind of big. No, it's kind of bobbing along on the outside. Could I? Uh, could I like reach down there? Could I like produce the chain and try to like wrap it around an appendage or like? St- I mean, it is don't awful do as it. it would be. No. You're gonna yeah. pop it. You I might know, right? destroy it. Do you think Can this I corpse use mage has a death hand rose? because it's floating? I think mage hand only like handles five pounds. Though. I'd let you do a yeah, telekinetic maneuver. Yeah, absolutely. I'll burn a telekinetic maneuver for that. Damn, do second it. level spell, baby. What am I? What am I well, hold on. Do you, before you burn a spell, would I be able to see if me grabbing it? It's going to, like, something bad would happen to me? Is that a role I can make to be like, I can safely touch this? Yeah, because let's not use you your spell if we don't have to. Uh, we could all roll that. Nah, I, 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 don't, I don't have medicine. Well, you have an untrained. You can still roll it. It's a minus one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I have a plus seven in my medicine. I got a plus one. Okay. I'm going to roll it. I guess, yeah, I'd yell... Kashak yells at me to, to grab this thing, and I sort of look like, huh, like is it safe to grab? You can look at me because I got a natural yeah. 18 for a 25. All right. I yell that. Is it safe to grab? And a natural seven for an eight. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I look at Kashak and I go, I don't fucking believe you. And I look at Yosef. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? What's going to do? Give you a scurvy. And you, also, you also just blatantly yelled to grab it without even knowing anything just about it. Just, it. just get the thing. Use, use your sticky thing. Yeah, your ex. You don't think it looks diseased, just dead. So it's going to be gross, but you'll be all right. I'm going to look up at Billy and be like, first of all, you took that feet last level that allows you to resist diseases mm-hmm. and stuff. So you're going to be fine. Second of all, it doesn't look like it died of a pox or something like that. You 
please go get him, Billion, before he okay. washes out into the bay. You're just, so strong. Just, just seeing what happened as I'm walking. Seeing what happened to Solus makes me scared now, so just making sure. Just strapping and powerful. No, no, I get it. Can we, can, like, Kashak and I, like, kind of try to help gingerly, like, raise limbs up or something? Unless Kashak doesn't want to. No, I'll help. Do I need to yeah, roll sure, for absolutely. it? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Can I telekinetic maneuver just kind of yeet it out of the water? No, you wouldn't have to <laughs> no. roll for it. You wouldn't have to roll for it. It's not like it's No, no, it's check. not fighting you. There okay, are multiple just, people helping. I'm you not can lift like 9,000 pounds or whatever. <laughs> so you can handle you can handle a slightly bloated corpse. Yeah, the right. challenge is not to like deglove the thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, if it's face down, its face might already be fucked up, so this is going to be rough to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I lift it up Let's and out of the water. Try to keep their skin bag intact. What does he look like? Um most of the flesh of the face has been eaten away. Yeah. Leading us to believe he's been in the water for some time. For some time. Been there. I need a... Can I get a refresher? Because I'm not looking directly at the town map right now. Because we're in the gauntlet. Um, the river goes... It, it, that starts way north of Otari, doesn't it? Oh, and then yeah. Runs through. Oh, yeah. It runs through... It runs um, through the Emin Wood. Oh, so it's it starts miles and miles, miles. and miles. Upriver. It starts on the mountains way north. Another question. Does the Osprey flow near or through the gauntlet? No. Or the fog fen? It it goes adjacent to the fog fen. Uh, no, it's mainly in the Immonwood. It doesn't really okay. get anywhere near okay. the fog fen. Gosh, no, I is there a, a, a something we could roll, or I guess me, because I'm from the town to like identify what's left by his clothes? Or something like that. Um, I'll let you do a society. Okay, that's decent. Oh wait, hold it. on. He's nude, dude. Oh, he's naked. Does that mean it's not a society roll? So there's so not so a no society s- roll. I would let you do a medicine to see if you could find anything odd. It's the same bonus. I'll give it a shot. You can right. roll it too, cash. <laughs> Maybe you'll get lucky. I'm luckier than me. That's a natural four for a eleven. You don't say anything odd. That's an 11 plus 1 for a 12. Did I make it? No. <laughs> ah, shit. You don't notice anything strange other than it's a corpse it's dead? And I'm guessing with that medicine check, we can't tell how it died either. I will let you... You can realize that it's probably 9 or 10 days dead. It's been a while. So he came from far upriver or he got stuck on stuff. Wait, I remember that ancient story. That tale of old. The old parable of... Apsu in the bloated corpse. <laughs> Can I use Apsu lore? <laughs> let's, let's let's drag him up. Let's drag him up onto like the grass further up on the the coast of the river. Yeah. The Can we river. cover him with something? Does anyone have? And an- while you guys are dragging him up and dealing with all this, we're gonna jump on over to our buddies in the Dawnflower Library. Give you five bucks if you give mouth to mouth. And see. <laughs> Tovin, Tovin, it's not necessary. I can breathe just fine. Please don't, don't, don't try. And Tovin just says, shh, shh. And he takes a natural oceanic sponge and dips it into a, a small saucer of what you would know to be some sort of tincture of, of flowers and, and tree barks and different uh, concoctions. And he's, he's slowly dabbing your brow, trying to mop up all the bog wa- water that you're sweating out. And he starts singing to you. And you're really close to your, your ears, like, Edelweiss, Edelweiss, every morning you greet me. And he brings the sponge out back into the saucer and sops it back up and then starts sponging you again. He's, 
It's okay, friend. You'll be all right. Song sounds so familiar for some reason. I don't. I can't. I can't <laughs> put my finger on it. That's strange because it's that's uh, it's the only thing I remember from my childhood. <laughs> Wipe your initials uh, on him. No, but man, <laughs> But seriously, Tovin, thank you for all you've been doing. I, I doubt I would have made it through without you. That's that's perfectly fine, friend. I, I know you do the same for me, and. <laughs> He kind of gives you a sarcastic look and, and throws a sponge into the saucer and gets up and and uh, 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 just goes through his healing kit real quick to make sure he has everything checked. Like, should we be should we be catching up with the others soon? We might as well. Uh, don't 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 help me. And uh, Solus tries to stand up, shaking a little bit, but not from the pain or weakness. But able to get on two feet. <laughs> oh, quivering with Antissa. Patient. I reach into my uh, my medicine kit and pull out a four-pronged cane with tennis balls on the end. <laughs> As Solo steps out of bed, he does like a hip shimmy and is banned from television forever. <laughs> uh, yes, why don't we head to the crow's casks? All right, you guys head on out. I would say, though, that you would be leaving about the time that they notice the corpse flowing downriver. You hear in the distance a little gold guy going, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> so as we get to the get closer to the river, Tovin, are they are they wading into the river? What are they doing? I don't know. All I hear is And I would say that they would definitely be on the west side of the river, because it happened after they left Crow's Casks. I'm not sorry, not Crow's Casks. The Crook's Nook, which means they would be on the west side of the Crook's Nook if they were heading. Yeah, because so we cross the bridge. The other right. side of the river? No, almost. they're on the same side of the river as you. Oh, okay. Would we see them? Not yet. You're focused on this. Uh, okay. Okay. On the task at hand. I mean, <laughs> seeing what they're doing, I would want to inspect because I, I would immediately pull out my tomato with uh, with needles in it and <laughs> a nice, <laughs> nice uh, arm's length of thread and, and rush down to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Make a deposit, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a sperm bank joke. I get it. <laughs> nice. Tovin's in a necrophilia. Was oh, that it? I didn't say it. You didn't have to. You didn't deny it. I've been thinking it for 37 episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> we all know your proclivities. <laughs> Again, how much of Todd is poured into Tovin? <laughs> <laughs> Too much. <laughs> All right, so you make your way over there as they're getting it onto the bank and starting to try to inspect it and coming up with nothing other than nine to ten days, seven seven to ten days, somewhere in there, dead. Uh, fe- fellows, <coughs> <coughs> fellows, what have you been doing? What? How did you find yet another body? I went fishing and I fucked it all up, you see. <laughs> we were on our way back from Cross Cask. After having found Corvus, who we were looking for. Oh, Corvus, this is Solus Poeratentis and Tovin. Just Tovin. Tovin. Just, just Tovin. Charmed, I'm sure. Anyway, we were on our way to come see you because we have information, very important information to talk about, but there was this commotion of a body in the river, so we fished it out and we're just trying to figure out what happened. I... I, I, I don't, I'm not as skilled as you are, Tovin, but for the best I can tell, he's been dead for over a week, maybe nine or ten days. But his face is mostly 
decomposed and eaten away by whatever river life fauna there is, and I can't tell who this was, what they were, they're naked. Definitely deceased, his face was obviously delicious. Yes, but Tovin, please do be careful given our recent experiences with the undead. Yeah, don't worry. He's not undead, nor is he diseased. That I do know for sure from the things I've picked up from Tovin. You know, please let the let the professional handle this, and well, I'll I'll get course. really really close. Like I I want to I want to smell it without having to sniff. That's it's how cent- close I want to be. It's a century flower in full bloom. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, I want to get real up in there, and I I want to I want to check every limb, every like uh, go over every every uh, inch of skin on the torso. I want to look for puncture wounds. I want to look for anything that could give me any sort of uh, indication as to how this person died. And do a medicine check real quick. Add one to your bonus on your medical medicine check. Okay, so I rolled an 18 plus one for 19 plus 11 for a 30. Damn! This man's obviously dead. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you didn't know oh, that, right? We have a murder on our hands. <laughs> All right, so That's you gather. can note <laughs> that there are, are three puncture wounds on the neck. Three puncture wounds? In, in a shape? Just like in a triangle. You know? Just... And it's hard to tell, but you just smashed that check. But you think the cause of death may have been exanguation. Yeah. Well, it's, a super, it's a vampire with a supernumerated tooth. Like those guys <laughs> with three nipples. Does Tobin say that out loud? <laughs> It's a triangle, but it's way off. That's really two, good. And then like a third one over yeah. here is like, wait a minute. Third one's like four inches down into the left. Yeah. It's like, oh, I get it. It was two vampires, but one of them was like, you know, kind of just drunk or dyslexic or something. We, and kinda... we hear a banjo battling a guitar in the distance. <laughs> oh, man. I have a question. Uh, if, yes. If Tobin shares this with the group. Yeah, absolutely. Would this... <laughs> be at all similar to the way that we were attacked by the vampiric mist uh don't think the way it was described you can pick what you want to roll to find that out and and this i'm kind of doing this a little uh, bit different could i roll pick the knowledge that you want to roll on this do you do you have a problem with you think there's a problem with that christian um is vampiric mist it's not undead well That's no cold. it'd be an aberration for that for vampiric yeah. mist right however I don't want to give them anything as to what this is. I want there to be a bit of an investigation because by telling them what knowledge to roll. Yes, that no. would, yeah. But he asked, is it from the vampiric mist? That's a good so point. So he simply wants to know about vampiric All right, mist. Roll the That's cultism what he's after. Perfect. Okay. This is good. why this is why we pay the big bucks, Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh I rolled another natural 18. What the fuck? That's amazing. Uh for 25. It does not appear to be anything related to the vampiric mist. You would know that vampiric mists try to draw your blood through existing wounds. They don't. Oh no! It's I thought I I thought it was like they had like sent like tendrils out and was like Pfft. yeah. Oh, I thought they just ripped them out of his pores. I, th- I think that was something. Oh, that's did. true. Yeah, that's something that the the that was during Belcora. the cutscene with Belcor and the Clort in them. I think it was done with meditative intent. I'm gonna roll Arcana. <laughs> Is that okay? Go for it. Uh, Arcana. Well, Arcana. Arcana. Do whatever you want, Joe. You beautiful bastard. While Joe's rolling this, if anybody has a decent survival, because maybe we could try to identify if it's an animal. Um, nothing 
nothing really jumps out at you as being magical in nature. Oh, they tried to hide it. Can I roll deception? <laughs> so this isn't a magical creature, maybe. They put it in a river. I've done that before. <laughs> Who hasn't? Does anybody remember what the mouth of a Mirelurk looks like? Yeah, it's got a bunch of mandibles. It'd be like one hole on either side of the skull, I think. It probably doesn't suck blood. I I have no idea. What, what did you get on that occultism again? I got a 25. Okay. I was thinking maybe it's a creature if it's not the the, uh, the vampiric mist because it's a triangle bite and that just is really freaky. I can't I can't think of any creatures off the top of my head. Wait, this reminds me of that that ancient parable where Absu encountered a tiny triceratops and tripped over it. <laughs> Yosef is going to look at Kashak and be like, you know, I would like to know more about Absu and all of its tales at some point. Oh, man. Are you in for a treat? No more of this stupid burial shit. All right. Yosef is ecstatic <laughs> that there's something that we can talk about. Religion. Uh, I, what is normally the most polarizing conversation Yo- of Yosef, all time. If you if you wanted to speak about religion, I would be more than happy to. I No, know. no, no. Good ones. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry? <laughs> Tovin immediately starts thumbing through his brochures. <laughs> Bill pokes it. Bill takes a stick and pokes at the body while you guys are talking about religion. <laughs> it explodes all yeah, over all of you. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> right? no. It does have death throes. You're sick and four. <laughs> this dead look corpse has death throes. <laughs> Yosef will look at Solus and be like, I have not read the entirety of the Acts of Iomate, but I would be more than interested in hearing of all of her great tales in depth the next time that we sit down for a drink. I would be glad to. Yes, yes, absolutely. For now, you all know what I'm about to say. Let's bury him. <laughs> Wait, can we drain him like uh, people do with like people with like liver problems, right? Where you just poke a hole and let it just leak? Well, he's out of the water. That's just going to happen now. <laughs> I feel like we should do that before we drag someone. <laughs> um, I, I have a, I have a, a, a question about the town. If I, if I, since I know a good chunk about it, is there any place within like a block or two that I could run and like buy some sheets or linens or is like, is, is uh, an inn close? You're not too far away from the, the rockfish. Okay, cool. I'm gonna sprint over there. I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm going to grab some sheets so it's easier to move him. And I'm gonna run back there, scream hi at Belt, Brelda, grab some sheets from a linen closet downstairs. When no one's looking, I want to puncture just a hole in the side of the dude to let some ooze get out before we have to drag fucking 50 pounds of water up. So stanky. I'm uphill. I'm going to... Uh, I've, been, I've been battling internally over if I want to give this to you. And I think I'm going to... You rolled high enough to know. Those puncture wounds are reminiscent of a faceless stalker. Oh, God. What's that? Then I would not have run to go get it. Oh, God. I'm going to. So here's what happens I run to go get the sheets, and I'm talking to Brelda just in brief passing because she's running a bar. It's not very busy, but it's a bar. And I'm going to run through and be like, sorry, I just need to. I need to grab some sheets. There's There's a body in the river, and it's. Really gross, and I feel really bad about making Tovin carry something, th- or not Tovin, Billiam carrying something that disgusting today after everything I've put him through. So I'll, I'll take some of these, I'll buy some more later. I commented some money recently, as you know, so just I'll be back. I'm, I'm sorry I've been gone for a day or two days now. I, I'll see you later. Shut the door. Can, uh, can Solus roll anything for information on faceless stalkers? And I'll return and be like, oh yeah, I remembered. I think this is faceless stalker bite. 
So, Solus, after hearing that you find out it's face a stalker, um, you can roll an occultism on it, but... Ah, uh, damn it. I was hoping it would be undead. No. Yeah. Okay. Very much alive. All right. Are we sure it's not a chupacabra? <laughs> I was thinking that, too. Wait, when when in Absu's history did he, did he encounter a chupacabra? The chupacabra <laughs> is a Pathfinder monster. I oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, it is? Yeah. 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 Yes, it is. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> Just want you to find a way to get Absu lore on it. But yeah, this... um. <laughs> I, 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 my memory was chalked on the way back. This is a, um, this is reminiscent of a faceless stalker. They feed on blood, if memory serves me correctly, and then can assume the form of any other humanoid that they've seen. They, um, I will let you know that they tend to, they stick to the, they stick, they like water, right? So they like to stick near water marshes. But they tend to serve something as well, like like stomp the yard. Yeah, you got served. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that um, a, uh, the uh, uh, the Aslanti themed uh, AP has a lot of faceless stalkers in it, and it's a real big problem that I know for certain. You don't say. It's uh, it's it's really strange. Um, because they do typically like have some larger goal, like they're intelligent, very intelligent creatures, and they don't do anything for nothing. And the fact that we have found a body and I think it has anything to do with the faceless stalker, that means I'm going to like grab. Is, is Corvus standing right there? Corvus is there. That means if this is just one body, this is not the only faceless stalker. There's never just one. There's multiple. And that means, and he huddles everybody in closer. He pulls down Billiam uh, to his knees, basically. And Tobin, he's like, that means that that could be somebody in town. Okay. And we would have no idea. No, we do have an idea. I have a test for this. I need each of us to line up. (laughs) I need a Petri dish. I need to cut your hand. Give me some copper wire and a lighter or a uh, blowtorch if you could. Oh, I I see this before. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> don't get your hands chopped off I was gonna say not with nothing don't tell me what to do you're not my real dad I'm pretty sure Tovin was acting very weird the last few episodes Tovin's <laughs> been acting weird for the past 37 episodes <laughs> he's a perfect suspect ah. yeah. <laughs> we have 30 we have like we have over 40 hours of, of proof yeah the worst part is, is you're gonna test him and you're gonna find out that he's the only person in town that's not a faceless stalker <laughs> it's probably that bastard Carmen this is just getting worse you mean to tell me this could look like anything that it's seen anybody and this could it be feeds any, on blood this could be any they don't they don't shape shift in size from what I remember right would I know that from nope. this role you would know that do they breathe they impersonate medium creatures they, they breathe do. they do breathe they could impersonate any medium humanoid that they have seen perfectly. There would be no way to tell if one is one. What I do know is that the hungrier they get, the more desperate they get. What about, is their ability to change their figure? Is it magical? I don't know, as the, as the player. Uh, <laughs> I, no, it's, it's like a function of the creature. It's, it's a supernatural ability by definition, I think. Mat- so we're fighting Clayface. This is a callback to episode like 32. Yes. Yeah. If 
even if it could, it was magical, detect magic doesn't work on magical creatures. It only works on like magical items. Correct me if I'm wrong, Christian. Oh, I didn't know. I thought you. Uh, Yes, this would not trigger detect magic. And they can assume the form of both small and medium creatures. Oh, shit. (gasps) Am I one? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm pretty sure if one of them was going to be something, it wouldn't be something as flamboyant as. Yours truly. Well, nobody's That's exactly you. what one of them would say. <laughs> Burn him. He's a witch. Listen, Mob, this isn't my first fucking rodeo, all right? I fought one of you last time, too. It'll be okay. We don't serve your kind here, you dirty synth. <laughs> is, there a, is there actually any way to, to detect them? Yeah, I got I mean, a 25. A t- if I crush that roll, would I know or would I need to roll like super high to know if they can, if there's a way to find out if someone's a faceless stalker? Um, you would have to have an intimate knowledge of the person that they were impersonating and be able to f- find out where they messed up. You'd their, have to catch them in a lie. You'd have to catch them in a lie mm-hmm. or something along those lines, yes. So the plan is we need to begin courting every citizen of this town. This is now Stardew Valley. <laughs> Get God, real, who eats real amethysts. <laughs> I give everyone a diamond, quick. Abig- Abigail's a fucking weirdo. Is it... <laughs> Is it safe to tell the mayor about this? Marnie likes he, mayonnaise. What's that we mean? We have to. We have to tell the mayor about this. There's no question. Indeed. Indeed. If Corvus is right there, too, I want to see what his response is to this. I want to look at him and maybe do a society for a sense motive. Because <laughs> I don't trust him. He is yeah, writing things new. down furiously in a journal. He's like, I've read so much about these, but I've never been able to see one in person. Well, this is just a body, not a faceless stalker. This is just a regular dude. I can show you more bodies if you want. We got a whole pile of them back at the gauntlet. <laughs> Wait, in the warren or? or... <laughs> I said the gauntlet. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't hear that part. I was like, oh, this... oh Buffalo Kashak. <laughs> no, I don't wear their skin. It's disgusting. It's all greasy. Smooth. <laughs> Well, it is now. What you're looking at, smooth <laughs> skin. Even if you shave it, you can't even cure it right. They always use these stupid poultices and crap. They're covered in scars. Spend their whole lives working and eating crap diets. You can't use human skin for shit. Oh, and the tattoos. The tattoos. I would like to, to speak up. <laughs> or not speak up, but uh, you said that Corvus is furiously taking notes right now. Yeah. I'm going to pull Tobin aside real quick down to me and be like... um. I'm not trying to draw a whole lot of attention, so do this discreetly, but he has some scarring on his head, Corvus does. It's something wrong with his leg, and I can't quite figure out what it is, but I I don't know if those are ceremonial scars on his head or if he got them from some creature, but I I couldn't get anything from it. Can you you take a look? I could. It could be any number of things. I mean, a a close head injury couldn't do enough to, uh, uh, you know... Disprove a man's gait. Symmetrical, though. Maybe he's into phrenation. I don't know. And I'll do a medicine check. Uh, I got a 15 for a 26. They look like horns that have been filed down. Oh, holy shit. Does he he have a tail? Hero point for Tobin. Uh, Yeah, of course he's got a tail. Oh, nice. (laughs) He's a a tiefling that can pass as human. He's the worst Hellboy ever. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So he's he's he has a normal skin color, except just. Huh. That's really weird. I've never heard of a tiefling that has just regular, like person colored skin. It's a specific uh, type and feat for tieflings called passes human. 
Really? I actually didn't know yep. that. Huh. Um, so I'll relay that information to to Yosef and I'll say it's it's I mean, on closer inspection, he's obviously a tiefling. He's trying to hide amongst us. I mean, I if if I to just rule him out, if I were a faceless stalker, I would not choose to be one of the most hated races. Sorry, ancestries? What's what's kosher these days? Yeah. One of the most hated ancestries in this uh this realm and then it, 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 it's uh, there's too many turtles in the stack. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't think he's a faceless stalker. It'd be a weird form to assume. To correct myself, there is not a pass as human for uh, tieflings, but this guy does. Oh, uh, he has a class feat then. Something Wait. that lets him do that, right? No, it's just something that the GM said. Oh, well then it's it's law. Moving on. His, his his foundation is made entirely out of hand wavium. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we call this rare mineral GM fiat. If if I were a faceless stalker and I could be anyone ever that I've seen, I would want to be somewhat important. Somebody with power, somebody with wealth, yes. I know one person like that. Somebody that may be a mayor of a town. And this is a human, right? The person that's dead? Yes, the person that's dead is human. Huh. Who has been acting in town very strangely and out of character all of a sudden that we would know about? I guess it wouldn't... And oh, Shit, this wouldn't be all of a sudden. This would be before any of us met. He's been dead for ten days, at least. If we kill somebody, they do they turn back into the thing? They do. Can we start with Carmen? <laughs> yeah. Can I hark it back to my 30 roll for a medicine check to see if I can actually identify this person? Do we know this person from around the no. area? Okay. The face is completely destroyed. You wouldn't be able to anyway. No, no discerning features like a port wine stain or another birthmark or maybe a, is there a certain rare toe fungus? What can I do? An incredible <laughs> hemorrhoid pattern. It looks like a starfish. There are a, a few scars. There's a few scars on their bottom. Or bottom. God, you said, <laughs> you said hemorrhoid and Keep starfish, and all I thought oh. was butts. Real big into butt whipping. <laughs> I just went to Limp Biscuit, but go on. <laughs> uh, Hot dog There are water. several scars across her body. Um, looks like this person was a warrior of some sort. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, so definitely uh, fucking not Carmen you know Rajani. You know, uh, what's do we know the person's build? Like, how tall would this person have been? Is that skeletal? Average, average height. Oh, you know. okay. So they're just a person, really. Five eleven, five 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 eleven, six feet, something like that. Okay, I guess they got to have that. But what you got? Body. What you got? No, Raymond? you no, always have the best. No, type. no, no I don't. It. It's no, because I'm looking at my sheet of how I can help, and I see you said he looked like he was a warrior, and I have mercenary lore, but I, that would done. Uh, no, he's oh. dead. He's dead. A mercenary yeah. would have to be somebody. So most I, I mercenaries use it. Use it. Use it. Right. All right. I'm using yeah, go it. Go for it. <laughs> use a hero point for it, Billion. Why not? Maybe you I know could. I have Mer. three. Yeah, definitely use one then. Because you're full. <laughs> Declare one. Declare yeah, one. I'm, I'm going to use one. I'm going to use a hero point. I'm going to use that hero point, guys. This that is really important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lie about your next roll. Seventeen for a twenty-three. Nice. You can, um, you reach out and you touch his arm and you you roll his hand around a bit and you see, you can tell slush, that he's slush, had slush. some broken bones in his arm that have been repaired. Um, and you can see that he's got a slash across his chest that looks like the claw of some creature. You know, it's a scar. It's long healed, right? It's definitely 
far, far perimortem. Um, you can see that uh, you, you start moving his knees. The cartilage is almost completely gone. So he probably wore heavy armor. He uh, has seen a lot of battle. He's broken his arms, something that he fought. In fact, there's a lot of that sort of scratch, almost like a five-clawed scratch in several places on his body. And um, you, you can definitely tell that he was a warrior. He wore heavy armor. He saw a lot of battle, and he seemed to fight beasts more than men. Okay, so I relay this to the rest of the party, and, and I go, guys, he was obviously a fighter. And these scratches, they seem like an animal, maybe. Definitely XDA. Would this... I want to ask a question, and you can tell me whether or not I can roll on this or not. He was fighting coyotes. <laughs> coyotes, tigers, you know. I'm going, to, I'm going to stand up and look at each of my compatriots and be like, no. <laughs> no. no. And I want to roll something to see if maybe this uh, thought in the back of my mind is correct. Would I be able to roll or know if I think this was caused by a werewolf? Um... What knowledge would that be? Would that be a nature? Because werewolf, uh, lycanthropy is like a primal deal. I think that'd be nature. How big of a bummer would this be if it was like a pacifist face thing and like it took one of the bodies from the graveyard that had just been freshly buried and just took the opportunity to have a snack and now we're... It's just ashamed of its own existence. Yeah. And, and now it's going to be the, the, now it's going to be number one at the post office. Yeah. Now it's going to be a huge witch hunt. <laughs> give me a, give me a nature. Okay. I actually do think lycanthropes are still society. I am checking. Really? Okay. That oh, makes sense. They're, Pack they're, mechanics? Because they are humanoid. They're humanoid, right? I actually only have a plus two in nature, but I'll roll it. No, I, I, I think society probably does make more sense. Okay, that's better for me then. I guess anybody else could roll. Uh, yeah, plus one. I got a natural I'll 16 for a 23. Yes, they look indicative of werewolf attacks. And you get a hero point for that deduction. So for you hear clarification. That? You hear that, Yosef? That's stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> According to Archives of Nethys, werewolves can be arcana, nature, or society. Well, I'm glad I chose society then. I'm going to look directly at Tovin and be like, holy shit. Holy shit. Is this a, a Farazman blessing? I'm not really on board for this. No, 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 no. Tovin, this... I think this was a werewolf. You think it was a werewolf? That would... No. No, no, no. No, look at these scars That's, across the chest. That, 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 but this person is a werewolf? This is obviously a man. No, the, no, the werewolf killed him. Uh, what the... But, no. What? No. no, these these scars are old and healed. Oh, I think this is this is a werewolf hunter that was killed by a faceless stalker. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's what I was. No, I was one. Okay, I'm stupid. <laughs> Christian is losing his mind. I'm taking your hero point away, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. It makes me guys, feel better. I'm not sure, all here. Jack, give it to me. <laughs> I'm a moron. Faceless stalker uh, that was bitten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a faceless werewolf. <laughs> Instead of a snout, he definitely teeth. is faceless. We've established <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, this is he's a faceless bobber in the water. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm my. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was a, I'm a moron. 
You're making my nipples <laughs> leak with frustration. This man was obviously poisoned <laughs> by a vampire. <laughs> it was Colonel Mustard with a candlestick right in the conservatory. I know. No, I, I completely, I'm a moron. It's fine. <laughs> It's, we love it's, you. It's indicative of my everyday life. So <laughs> we have a real fun flow chart in our chat that just led to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> it just came crashing down. This is one of the werewolf hunters, I think. Are you sure? <laughs> um, I I believe you're right. I, I these scars seem like they would be from some sort of beast. Uh, definitely something large enough to slash at a complete perpendicular angle. This is obviously some sort of large humanoid thing that these that this person used to fight uh is uh, do we have any distinguishing features like did it match any of the werewolf hunters that we saw in town recently um he didn't get a good enough you know nothing that you remember nothing that really stands out they all had dark hair they were all about the same height there's no face and this guy this this corpse has dark hair some salt and pepper in it when was the last time we saw the werewolf hunters? Mm, two, three days ago. Two okay. days ago. Yeah. I believe we were drinking. Solus, you and I. Right. Immediately after. Yes. No, no. Is it- the last person that saw them, I believe, was... Uh, oh, yeah. No, that was the last time because... Yeah, we were on our way to the tavern. I'm trying to remember. Did you see it or did did Yosef see him in Kilkano's shop was the I last saw, time? I saw Kilkano bartering them and no because uh that was only brought up because we saw them coming out of a bar and talking about exactly. it exactly and then right. we that was the in. last time you saw them mm. now this this may be a reach I, i'm not as well versed in investigation as a lot of you are but would it be safe to assume that among the werewolf hunter party one of them is secretly a faceless stalker it's entirely not out of the question they are new in town they would have had to come from the north too to even get into town what if all of them are faceless stalkers? Well, we don't have to. We don't have a reason to believe that yet. We only know that one of them could be. Well, we know that somebody who was at one point attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> and how many people are there that have been attacked by werewolves and have lived to tell the tale? How many werewolves are there? I live in a fucking hole in a rock, buddy. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I don't know if we ever was, was Kashak part of the when we found the. Yeah, no, because he showed up after we found the telescope yep. and had all that stuff with Kokano. So unless we told him, he has no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, yeah, we had a couple of conversations that were like catching me up, but I don't know like what all was said and what wasn't. And honestly, I'm kind of dumb anyway. So there, there, there is a man in town who whose wife, and I think amongst many others, was killed by a werewolf some odd years ago. They say that they ran him off of a cliff and then they never saw him again. However, they never recovered the body. Kokano. The man whose wife was murdered is still convinced since his corpse was never found that that were-man still lives. And now he's a were-shark. So we're aware. Kashak would know all of this. That whole thing happened in episode 16. Gotcha, gotcha. Two episodes after his debut. Gotcha, okay. I just, also, uh, Kilkana would not be the only one to know because of the druid that we met at the, the circle. Right, worldly everybody wind. would know in this town that was here at that point in time. That was it Pretty was much. a huge deal. No, well, yes, but they're the only two that believe that the werewolf was still alive. I don't know if the druid thinks that he's still alive because he keeps trying to just like or she, I believe it's a she, keeps she, like yeah, trying to apologize keeps, yeah. all the time. Well, she or, also asked us to if find or to find him because uh, apparently a werewolf has taken up residence 
or there are signs of a werewolf taking residence in uh, the gauntlet. There are? I don't remember that shit. There were stories. There was a story of the, the caravan that was attacked. Yeah. Okay. Story in the area. So there were, that there was, there was one in, yeah. in the Eminwood. Yeah. And there was a, there was an attack on a, ca- uh, a caravan. There was all sorts of stuff going on. That's why the werewolf hunters were here in the first place. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were just here only because Kilcano was convinced. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a lot to take in, but there's not much we can do with this right now, and we have to go talk to Corvus. And then, if possible, maybe even head back to the Gauntlets, if not today, tomorrow. Right. Quickly. So let's... Oh. I'm going to wrap this body in a sheet. I'm going to put it on the end of a stick, hobo style, and I'm going to hand it to Billiam. Tie all the four corners around. Got it. Just, just a thought. <laughs> put it in his bindle. <laughs> let's be careful who we tell about this. I think the mayor is the only person who needs to know right now because he's the I only one the I trust. I think the is the only person in this town that I'd want to be if I were a faceless stalker. Mm. And also when you when you approach Corvus, be kind. Be sensitive about uh, his infernal background. It, he's obviously trying to hide. Uh, so let's not, let's not ruin his cover. His what? Unless he's a faceless stalker, then ruin it all day. <laughs> oh, um, so we're out of character. Are we wanting to hide the body somewhere other than the, the mayor's office? I should... Are you going to hide the body <laughs> in the mayor's <laughs> office? No, no, I'm saying, do we want to hide the body other and anywhere other than the mayor's office? Just like what? Ferris Bueller's day off, it just set him in the chair. <laughs> what are you... This weekend at Bloaties. <laughs> Episode oh. title, by the way. <laughs> so we're already headed to the Dawnflower, right? I say we tell Vandy because I believe that she's too well-versed in combat to... I don't think that any of the Dawnflower attendants are going to be get overtaken by one of these face guys, right? No, they're badass. Uh, right. So I feel like if we... I think they can handle one. If we tell her and keep it a secret, I don't think we should tell the mayor, right? I don't think we should tell... The local militia, we saw how ready these people are to just fucking riot, right? Let's let's wait a minute before lighting that fuse because, oh, it could have anyone's face. It might be your mom. It might be your daughter. <laughs> Question everything. And, and, and as you're talking to each other about this, you hear a... <laughs> oh, <God>. oh. <laughs> the perfect and Dilly, suspect. Dilly's running by and he slows down a little bit as he hears you talking. And then he speeds up and goes by. <laughs> he waves. <laughs> He's like Forrest Gump on the pier. Yeah. Great job, Dilly. <laughs> he is the mailman from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. There's a huge dust of smoke behind him. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes like, yup, whenever he's getting close <laughs> to get your attention. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, um, I just think I want to expedite this to the Dawnflower Library. I, yeah. I want to get some talk out of Corvus. Let's take the body there too. We'll take the body. We'll that. hand it to the Phrasmon acolytes. They'll take care of it. So we kick in the door like wider again. Don't do that. <laughs> That's disrespectful. Boom. This is a library. You open it up and you hear. <laughs> it's the Halo theme song. Sure. <laughs> you head back in there, um, with the uh, with the corpse over your shoulder. Wrapped in a sheet on the end of a stick. <laughs> and uh, Corvus is following you, still taking furious notes. Absolutely fascinating. And you make your way in. 
And uh, what do you do now that you're inside of the atrium of the Dawnflower Library? What's the plan precisely? Uh, we're going to have an aside with Corvus. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> like uh, an outside aside. We'll, we'll let Billiam take the body over to a Phrasman Acolyte. He knows what they look like at this point. Mm-hmm. Should we point out the wounds to Vandy? Gotta be careful with this thing. What's the name of that one? Piotr. He finds Piotr and hands it to him and it crushes him. Because <laughs> it's like a 200 pound dead weight yep. on a stick. But Vandy, look at the holes. <laughs> Mandy, Vandy, look at the holes, Vandy. Vandy, before this old guy drags this fat guy away. Yep. He's got holes. So you're going to take Corvus aside, the two of you? I think all of us should. Okay. <laughs> like, we can just stand. I mean, it, it's I, when I picture the Dawnflower Library, like, it's a library, but there's still stuff happening. Acolytes are moving things around. There's people right. convalescing in medicine rooms. The room you're looking at, I think I've I've kind of described it. It's almost like the Capitol Rotunda. Okay. The room that you're in yeah. when you open, when you walk in, you're under the giant dome. Yeah. And there's just a several, um, several stories above you in rows, and there's the stacks and all the air, you know. But it's kind of echoey in that area. Yeah. It's fairly loud. Isn't can we go somewhere a little bit more private, but not That's as small as a room closet? Why, so let's take an That's aside like outside. The whole, <laughs> the whole point. Well, you can take it to a reading room. There's reading rooms. Yeah, yeah let's go to let's a reading call. room. Is Yin here? No, she stayed behind. No, she stayed behind. Do we have to sign out the, the key? <laughs> so we take him into a room. I'll sit down. Corvus, show them what you showed Keshek and Billiam. And he takes out the satchel. And the scroll, and he sits down the satchel and uh, dumps out. He doesn't set down the satchel. He dumps out the soul gem. And he's like, yes. Um, so do do any of you understand the name Horovex? Does it ring any bells for you? Horovex. Horovex. It does, it- but let me consult my notes. Give me a moment. Can How do you spell that? H a r u v e x. If I look at the gem, uh, I don't think you've been given that information yet. I, the the name sounds familiar, but it might be from because I listened to episode one recently. Um, if if I look at the gem, does that look like something that might fit in a very specific bird doll that we may or may not have had an encounter with? It may. It may. Okay. It I'm very much that do. one away. Yeah, I'm not finding anything. No, I don't think we do. Many, more than, well over 500 years ago, there was a powerful family in Absalom, the Horovexes. They were found to be engaged in some very dark stuff. Nasty business. The Primarch found them guilty of heresy and several other crimes. Their, ha- their holds were absorbed by the state. They were exiled. The, the uh, patriarch was murdered. Executed. Murder, probably the wrong word. And his wife and daughter forced into exile. Their ancestral, their ancestral home is in what you now know as the Fogfen. I believe that they were a cult of Nimbaloth in Absalom over 500 years ago. I believe 
that the daughter of this Ivor Horvex came to Otari and staked her claim in the swamp to the north. I believe they have a copy of the Whispering Reeds buried in that keep. Ivor had a daughter. Her name was Belcora. And we'll see you next week. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. Really wishing I had picked up that doll, but oh, I'm so glad it's not that far away. <laughs> the tension in this episode, you could cut it with a fucking knife. Holy shit. Raw Friend Tint uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Roll for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Characters and original storylines are the property of Roll for Intent. Music for this podcast provided by Dark Fantasy RPG Studio, Michael Gilvey, Kevin McLeod, and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>